It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Twenty seconds to go. Wrist shot. Save Talbot. Rebound. Tumble. Blueprint. Wrist shot. Martinez. Save Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the head. Close and wrist shot. Martinez. Save made by Cam Talbot. To the left side. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the twenty. Corey Watson inside the ten. Touchdown. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Would you believe the Vegas Golden Knights looks like they are going to win again? Up 4-0 on the Colorado Avalanche early in the third period. Vegas already 7-1 on the season on the verge of going to 8-1 and one and winning their fifth in a row. An early game in Vegas today. It's Nevada Day. Free slots for everybody. That's how they celebrate Nevada Day. All residents get $10 worth of free slots play at the casino of their choice. Little known fact about the wonderful state of Nevada. Also, the Senators lead the Devils 2-1 early in the second period. Jets up 1-0 on the Blue Jackets early second frame. And the Blues and the Hurricanes are scoreless late in the first. Still to come tonight, the Predators play the Blackhawks. And the Calgary Flames host the Dallas Stars, who, of course, last night were here in Edmonton. Nurse was open, tried to center. And that was deflected back behind the net. Dries on a one-timer. Score! Off a tip in front. Matt Benning released the shot. And Edmonton's grabbed the lead 5-4 with 2.27 to play. The game winner last night from Matthew Benning. Oilers surviving against the Stars 5-4. Entertaining game. The Oilers were very good 5-on-5. Not so good killing penalties. We'll talk about that as we move along tonight. Oilers and Capitals tomorrow. Eskimos and Stampeders tomorrow. Both games on 6.30, Ched. Coverage will start with the Eskimos countdown to kickoff at 3.30. Hey, hope you have a great weekend planned, whether it's adult Halloween for you or not. It's 6.08. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can text 6.30. 630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. CFL tonight. Five minutes left in the first half. Hamilton up 19-6 on Ottawa. Hamilton with a nice late-season charge, though it's not going to be enough to get them into the playoffs. Ottawa needs to win to have a chance at first place in the East Division. Later on tonight, Montreal plays at Saskatchewan. Obviously, the Rough Riders heavily favored in that one. I don't know if you saw Patrick Bauer is a... Uh, you're a Saskatchewanian, aren't you? Uh, a, that I is, yes. Yeah. Saskatchewan. Where are you from again? Uh, Glassland, small town between North Battleford and Metal Lake. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, not, it's, that was in the Lloyd Minster broadcast. Yeah, you started region. in Lloyd. You would know it, yeah. Yeah, a little absolutely. bit east of there. Uh, the, I believe the Glassland Ice Dogs, was that the name of the team? GMS, yeah. Uh, it was Glassland, Medstead, and Spearwood, three small towns that got together. 
Now, was that all the minor hockey teams, or was that the men's team? That was the men's team, yeah. Every, each town had their own minor team. I think yeah. Glassland had a team in the North uh, Sask River Baseball League, too, didn't NSRBL, they? NSRBL, oh. the Orioles, yeah, oh, used to play the for The Orioles, okay. You know Andrew Alvers? Remember he pitched Andrew in the Andrew Alvers is now a major leaguer. He I pitched p- in that league, yes. I played against him in that league when I was like 17, 18 years old, yeah. That's fascinating. He wow. went on to bigger things. <laughs> yeah, he's doing pretty well. All right, so anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Riders. <laughs> oh, the Riders. They, they, <laughs> the old Taylor Field got def- finally demolished. Today, did you I, see some of the video? Uh, the I did bleachers not see coming any video down? yet. No. So that is uh, uh, that is it officially. Uh, well, I mean, they haven't been using it, but it uh, was demolished today. The new stadium has been open all season, and Dave and Morley are finally going to go out there next week. Eskimos make their first visit to New Mosaic Stadium. So anyway, there's a, a little tidbit. World Series tonight. First pitch in about ten minutes. Houston home to Los Angeles. That series is tied 1-1. We'll keep you updated on that one as we move along. We're with you until 8 o'clock tonight. So uh, the Oilers get a much-needed victory. The scoring comes through. They uh, get a couple of goals from Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who you'll hear from in about 10 minutes. They uh, get the game-winning goal from Matt Benning. And they get a very good game, and I think a very good set of games. If you look at the first nine this season, a very good set of games from Darnell Nurse. Uh, he was one of the guys, a lot of questions about him going into this season. Secker is out, and I think a lot of eyes were on Nurse and Benning. How would they step up and handle more responsibility? And I think so far, so good. Now, Benning had a tough start to the season. He got scratched, and then he got sick, so he missed three games. But he's been back, I think, playing very well. And Darnell Nurse looks like a, a more assertive, more confident player. Yeah, it's been a good good step, I think. But that's all it is. I mean, it's just the beginning of the year. And uh, you know, i got to continue to grow. I think there's uh, it's, it's been pretty strong, but there's a lot of room for improvement still. And uh, just looking forward to continuing the work here. You're older, you're wiser. I think he looks uh, a lot more confident. And as I mentioned last night in the post game, I think his legs are better this year. Now, he's always been a great athlete and and uh, been able to do basically any anything in any sport uh, but he's using his legs better he's getting to his jobs quicker he has the ability to join the rush and and recover well and he just looks more confident in my opinion i thought he's been great i thought he's been using his uh his legs moving the puck while he's skating well and he's defending extremely well he's been one of our better defensemen it's good to see you, you continue to learn i think and uh you know the biggest thing I think that I've done this year is I get the puck to take a deep breath and try to make a play, not so much uh, you know try to force try to force things. So um, that's that's really been the only change. Like I said, that there's still room for improvement, but you know to, to this point it's been pretty good. Uh, I think he's done a very admirable job of of entering the zone and creating for his teammates, and uh, that's an area that can still improve. Uh, but uh, again, he's still young in his evolution of, uh, of being a full-time NHL play- defenseman. I love how Darnell Nurse put that, and you also heard from Chris Russell and head coach Todd McClellan in there, that Nurse is saying, I'm taking a deep breath when I get the puck instead of trying to force the play. And he, he's a very good skater. He's good at charging with that puck through the neutral zone. We're starting to see more happen productively once he gets into the attacking zone. Not every time, and Todd McClellan said that there's still room for improvement. Nurse has obviously said it's continual learning. I'm, I'm sure there'll be some hiccups this season, but we're, we're starting to see a, a more assertive, more confident, and more productive player 
you know, it's one thing to charge into the neutral zone and then skate yourself or uh, charge into the offensive zone and skate yourself into the corner and, and lose the puck or just shoot it behind the net. Starting to see more plays from Nurse. So that's really positive. And it starts, I think, with a sense of calmness. That comes with the experience. That comes with the reps. So good for Nurse so far, who I also think has been very good in his own end. Took a tough penalty last night, though I'm not going to, to go too much off on the refereeing last night because I thought it was poor uh, both ways. They'll probably affected the Oilers a little bit more, but that's what whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to turn the show into uh, let's complain about NHL refereeing for two hours. Though I, I do think I got to be critical in that game because I didn't think they do did a good job setting a standard and then maintaining a standard. I thought the calls were uh, a little all over the place, and there was some stuff that was missed. And then I thought there were some makeup calls too that were uh, complete phantom calls. But anyway, good for Darnell Nurse and what he's able to be, bring to the Oilers so far. And five on five again, the Oilers controlled that game and not just attacking but able to get the puck out of their own end with sharp passes patient defensemen nice breakout passes and nurse was a big part of that he's playing 19 and a half minutes a game i mean we've talked about nurse being you know uh, the oilers maybe a bottom pairing defenseman he's averaging the third most ice time on the league i mean on the team just by ice time Darnell Nurse is the Oilers' number three defenseman. Obviously, Larson and Clefbaum are, are playing the most, so that's something to keep in mind here. Oilers Capitals coming up tomorrow night. Oilers are 3-5-1. Caps are 4-5-1. They were routed last night in Vancouver. That broadcast tomorrow for Furnace Family, Edmonton's Furnace replacement experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Now, one area of concern for the Oilers continues to be penalty killing. Made some strides on the road trip. They went nine for ten over the three games and then last night they allow three goals on the power play they are last in the league on the penalty kill yeah we're just giving them too much time and space and too many lanes well we fix it um penalty kill and power play are important parts of the game and not just from a statistic perspective but from a confidence perspective and uh your team gets a lot of energy or loses a lot of energy from a, a goal for or against and we've been on the short end of that for quite a while we spent uh uh, numerous minutes today in practice working on uh, the penalty kill and trying to clarify uh, situations and improve in that area and then uh, flipped it over and we spent time on the power play and uh, I believe the power play will come eventually. Um, we're starting to, to put the puck in the net or at least I hope we are and that will come but the penalty kill has to sharpen up. The power play is not good either, 13.8% for 26, but I, I do think it'll be productive, and sometimes with the, the power play, it might come in spurts. You might be dry for three or four games and then maybe score seven goals in a four- or five-game span, and I think the Oilers have the potential to do that. It, it, here's, here's something to, to consider, though. If you add the percentages for the two special teams units together, most coaches want to be over 100 Last year, the Oilers were right around 103, adding together the power play and the penalty kill. You add them together this year, they're only at 84. So work to do in both areas, no doubt. You can call 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. The Nuge cashed in a couple last night. You'll hear from him when we get back inside Sports on Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. 
The pass was completed to Nugent Hopkins. Takes it over the line. Trailer Russell shot wide. Rebound. Nugent Hopkins scores on the wraparound. Pattern raked it free from Lucic, then turned it over. Strom centering pass. Lucic tried to short pallet. Then a quick shot. Score! Tie game! Ryan Nugent Hopkins, his second of the night. Nugent Hopkins, two big goals for the Oilers last night against Dallas. We've been talking a lot about the Oilers' poor team shooting percentage. Well, no problem in that department for the Nuge. He's at 23.5% so far on the season. Four goals on 17 shots. Happy to get the win over Dallas. We want to pressure the D as much as we can and uh, get it on the forecheck. And, um, I mean, we're a fast team, and uh, that doesn't just mean off the rush. I mean, that can be forecheck, uh, creating turnovers and stuff, and uh, that kind of happened last night. So um, the more we do that, the more uh, uh, stuff's going to get created and uh, better chances we're going to have. Tell me about the game tying goal. I, I couldn't quite tell. Was it was it partially deflected, and is it one of those where you just figured you might be able to catch him if you if you shot the puck right away? Well, yeah, it just kind of came to me in the slot, and I was going uh, to the right, and um, obviously the goalie has to slide with me, and so I just wanted to put it back. I think it did get a little deflection off uh, the, their D-man, just a little touch off their off his shin pad, and uh, just beat him far side. So um, he's, I think he was screened pretty heavily too so just I mean it wasn't the hardest shot but if you can uh, pick your spot sometimes they just go in. Well, but that's the thing about your shot it, it's not necessarily always the hardest but it does seem to flummox the odd goaltender uh, going forward you've got four through nine games does that encourage you to keep firing it? Yeah I mean I definitely want to be shooting the puck and um, I, don't, I don't want to be taking unnecessary shots where um, it's just a, it's a one and done kind of thing. I got to pick my spots, and I think last year maybe a little bit. I don't think I overshot, but at times I think I shoot where uh, maybe I should have waited for an extra play. And this year I just got to make sure that I'm uh, I'm reading the play, reading the game, and uh, picking my spots. In your estimation, is the penalty kill one of these cyclical things, or are there things structurally that that need to be adjusted and, and some little tweaks moving forward to, to get that up where it needs to be? Um, well, I think. We can do a better job as a as a group. I mean, overall, I mean, uh, there wouldn't be so many goals if uh, that that wasn't the case. But at the same time, I think once we get on a roll here, uh, get feeling good about ourselves, it's it's definitely a confidence thing with the PK power play and thing like that. So uh, once we start feeling good, I think uh, we'll have success again. So it matters when you're on a streak, whether it's good or bad. The units know that coming over the boards. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, that power play last night, that's a high-powered power play. Um, I mean, for us, we didn't want to take penalties against them, and uh, but we did that and uh, gave them a chance to uh, put them in the game. And um, Fortunately, our offense, 5-on-5, five five, was playing well enough to keep coming back. But, um, I mean, at some point, our PK definitely needs to um, bear down and uh, get big kills for us. A little, lot of skill on the ice the other night against Dallas, and more of the same Washington on Saturday. Easy to get up for games like that when you know you're going to see five or six guys with a similar skill set to yourself on the ice? Uh, yeah, this is definitely a, a high-powered team as well. Um, so it's going to be, uh, it's always fun to play against these guys. I mean, they work hard. They, they play a, a good tight-checking game, but they also have that, uh, that, a lot of skill on their team. So um, we might be a little bit similar to them in the West. So uh, it, should be, it should be a good game. we got to make sure we have the same attitude that we did last night. 
All right, there's Ryan Nugent Hopkins talking to Jack Michaels, Oilers and Capitals. Tomorrow, your Oilers update for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day, Nisku Ford above expectations. Nugent Hopkins, four goals, two last night. Really a crafty and quick little goal to score the third one last night, pulling the Russell rebound off the backboards and getting it past Ben Bishop. And I thought Rob Brown made an interesting point last night talking about that goal he said a lot of times when guys try to do that they don't pull the puck out far enough and they they shoot it into the side of the post or they get their stick jammed in the side of the net or against the post and he said Nugent Hopkins did a good job getting the puck out far enough to give himself the angle and it might, you know went in off Bishop's uh, glove but I think it was going across and going in, in anyway so a good play by Nugent Hopkins and the the second goal he scored, Oilers just did a good job keeping the puck alive. Uh, I mean, getting in the way, tipping a tipping a, a Dallas exit pass to keep it in the zone, got it into the slot. Lucic wanted to uh, to pass it over, that got deflected, went to Nugent Hopkins, and he's able to fire it in. So the Oilers pull out the win. Exciting game. They were good five on five. Another tough test against the Capitals coming up tomorrow night. We'll continue to set up that game. You'll also hear everything you need to know about the Eskimos and Stampeders showdown. Morley Scott's going to join us later on. Oh, and this will be fun. 7.30 tonight. You're going to remember this guy. Former Toronto Raptor Morris Peterson. Pretty good player for the Raptors in Edmonton this weekend. You'll find out what's going on there. Friday Night Football, Ottawa fighting back. Now down 19-14 to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That's in the second quarter. World Series game just getting underway. What a thriller the other night, eh? Into the 11th, back and forth it went. Houston ahead, L.A. coming back. Houston finally won it for their first ever World Series game victory. Remember, they were swept when they played the White Sox that one year. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. So the Oilers' lines at practice today, obviously subject to change for the game tomorrow. McDavid, Maroon, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Lucic, Strom, Latestu, Kajula, Cassian, Kara, Jokin, and Slepeshev, but possible that uh, Yamamoto and or Pakarinen could return tomorrow. Morning skate tomorrow. Keep it tuned to 630Ched and check out 630Ched.com for the latest updates. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hope you have a great weekend planned. We have the doubleheader on Ched tomorrow. 3.30 countdown to kick off. Then the Esks and Stamps at 5. As soon as that game ends, we'll go to Rogers Place and we'll bring you the Oilers and the Capitals. NHL tonight. The Vegas Golden Knights up 6-0 on Colorado with seven minutes left in the third period. Vegas is going to improve to 8-1 on the season. In the second period, Senators and Devils 2-2. Jets lead the Blue Jackets 1-0. It is scoreless between the Blues and the Hurricanes. Coming up in a few minutes, Predators and Blackhawks. Top of the hour, Calgary home to Dallas. Bottom of the first, World Series, Houston, L.A. scoreless. Houston with a runner on second, so they, uh, well, Springer led off with a hit, and he's on second base, so Houston trying to get the lead in that one. All right. 
Uh, we'll keep you updated on those scores, of course, as we uh, as we move along. I want to welcome back to the show our weekly guest, former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers on Hockey Night in Canada, and he wrote a book, Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Reed. I just got into Toronto, uh, getting ready for Hockey Night in Canada tomorrow night. Oh, awesome. You're a busy guy, and, and of course you got the book out, Calling the Shots. I, I just wondered, Kelly, uh, when I grab a copy of this book, should I use pencil crayons or maybe felts to color? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, it, it's closer to a coloring book than a, a regular book. That's, there's no question about it. But having said that, I still want everybody in Edmonton to go to Audrey's Books on Jasper Avenue this coming Monday at 7 o'clock, and I'll sign the coloring book for you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, though, to uh, to get this done. Now, now, you wrote it with Kirsty McClellan Day, so tell me what the yes, collabora- well, what's the collaboration process like? I'm curious to know, uh, you know how you guys work together and, and maybe how, you know, who did what along the way. I find that really fascinating when you, when you work with someone else on such a personal project. Yes, and uh, so I was going into it blind as well. I had no idea how you start a book like this. I don't know how you proceed. I don't know our interaction, really, other than when we finally agreed to a deal, we signed a contract uh, in the spring of 2016, and then uh, once the playoffs were over, we would start to meet uh, in a bunch of different places at her office. She's, as you know, they're, they're the founders of Pyramid Productions in Calgary, her and her husband, Larry Day. And then sometimes it became a little bit too sterile, so we'd meet in different places. Like we met at her, ho- at her home every once in a while. If it was a nice day, uh, we'd meet outside. It was kind of nice and refreshing to get outside and just sort of breathe and, and go through the whole process. And frankly, uh, she had no idea the kind of direction the book was going in until we started talking, until we were face-to-face, and having discussions about my life and the stories I was telling and so on. And then it became very clear to her that it was going to be a book about relationships. And relationships are always important to me and I guess to most of us. And for the most part, it's about how these relationships um, formed, I guess, who I am and kind of like took me on my trail of my life kind of and so there's as you can imagine i played pro hockey for 17 years i had a lot of really great uh, relationships and i had a few that weren't as as uh, wonderful as i had hoped and so i share a lot of stories i share a lot about me about what i've gone through as well and lessons i've learned and so i found it to be really cool and just the way that because she's such a brilliant writer and i don't know if you read any of her other books but she's she's amazing at getting your story out and it was such clarity and you know some of my thoughts were a little bit jumbled and so on and so she was really good it was really cool Reed. last night we had a signing at uh, the indigo by our house in calgary and it was really cool to see all the people that came to get the book signed but that all had wonderful comments about kirstie's writing style and most of them or a lot of them had her books that she had written with wayne gretzky or two with ron mclean and theo Fleury. Uh, Bob Probert and others, and so it was really cool to see the respect that the people have for Kirsty and her writing abilities. Well, you mentioned, you know, but the book is about storytelling and relationships, and I know sometimes I'll read a, a sports book or a biography or an autobiography, Kelly, and 
it'll be fine, but the whole book is like, well, I did this and it was great, and then I met this guy and he was great. And I kind of think to myself, did anything was there ever any conflict in this guy's life? I must right. kind of, and I know you're not going to go out there and slag anybody, but I, I hope there is some some conflict or some. Uh, there is. Like it's not just uh, Kelly Rudy had a perfect life, and here it is in 300 yeah. pages. No, I, I think you'll be surprised by some of the uh, conflict that I had, um, and some of the relationships, like I said, that just didn't work out. And in the end, uh, I think they're they're still kind of fractured. We, I, I've kind of mended a couple, I guess, to a certain degree. Some I have no interest in doing that. Um, but other things, just about, you know, people think, like you said, to your point, Rita, it's everybody, you have a great life, and you read a, a book like that. But even the year in L.A. when we went to the Stanley Cup Finals, oh, boy, that was such a roller coaster ride, starting with the, in training camp when Wayne Gretzky uh, was injured and we were told that, he might not even play it ever again. Forget about that season. But so we started off great, and then how I went in completely into the ditch. That's all in the book. This this night I had in Milwaukee. That uh, I don't know what you want to call it—an episode I had or a, some sort of mental uh, issue going on. So I go, I talk about that completely. In fact, that read. Uh, was the very last thing that we chatted about because I thought, you know, because you're aware of my daughter and her mental wellness mm-hmm. and so on. And I thought, you know, if I'm really going to be, if if my daughter, Caitlin, and I go public speaking, she's really honest, and i got to really be honest about what was going on in my head that that during that stretch. So I share that and how difficult that season was to get through. And uh, other situations like that that might surprise people. Because I'm a pretty cheery guy, but life can't always be cheery or isn't always cheery. Yeah, for sure. It's calling the shots. And again, Kelly's going to be at Audrey's Books on Jasper Ave. I think all Edmontonians know where it is. Uh, Monday starting at 7 p.m. So you can uh, meet Kelly, check out the book for sure. That's going to be cool. Kelly, uh, great to have you on the show again. You know what's interesting? I think you're going to like this. Uh, Darnell Nurse... There were some uh, question marks uh, about him going into this season. Uh, could he be a little more mature, a little more under control? Really good start to the season for him on the Oilers' defense. And he said uh, during an interview after practice today, I said, was there a light bulb, light bulb moment for you where you felt like, oh, I'm doing this better? And he goes, no, there wasn't. But he goes, I think I'm just better at taking a deep breath when I get the puck instead of trying to force a play. And I thought that was interesting, Kelly, because we talk about how fast the game is and how quickly you have to make a decision, but I thought that was interesting where he just said kind of how taking a deep breath has helped him make a better play. So what I kind of get out of it as well is that uh, he's understanding, like he has all the skills in the world, uh, but I think you have to understand the game. I'm not going to share the player's name with you, but I played with a guy... Uh, in a city. He was a world-class practice player. He was phenomenal, but he just never accomplished anything on the ice because he didn't understand the game, really. He could do drills, like, better than anybody, but when there was competition put on the ice and then there's structure and there's defense uh, systems that you have to work through and so on, that's when that's when your mind has to be really clear, and that's when you're you should be able to read plays, read situations, understand not just one play, but in all likelihood two or three or maybe even four 
uh, plays in advance and or what the opposition might be thinking two three four plays in advance and so when you talk about taking a deep breath that's what it is to me about just slowing this whole thing down letting your brain take in all the information that it's that your eyes are looking at and i think to me that that means that when you can get to that place you're a more relaxed player and everybody knows if you're a more relaxed player you're reading a game it just seems to come naturally and you don't feel like you have to play at 300 miles an hour every single time you get the puck yeah they're gonna need him obviously Secker is out for still a while so it's good to see uh, Nurse doing well and uh, Matt Benning who I think is a really intelligent player has bounced back after yeah. having a tough outing and he was scratched and then he was sick for a couple games and he got a big goal last night so that was good to see Kelly always love talking goaltending with you because it's uh, one of the most uh, unique positions in all of sports and uh, the Winnipeg Jets goaltending was a story last year because it kind of prevented them from, you know, was a big part of preventing them, yeah. I think, from being higher in the standings. They get Steve Mason in the summer. His goals against average uh, is 5.98 with an 8.46 save percentage. He hasn't started a game in about a week. Hellebuck's uh, 4.01 in his last five. And yet, uh, Steve Mason's uh, going to play against the Blue Jackets. So it's—I mean—is this just you got to go with the veteran because of the the contract, or what do you what do you, how do you look at this? I have no idea why they've chosen to go with Mason again. Um, first of all, uh, Hellebuck is playing so well right now. I'd, I'd continue playing him. I mean, everybody in the organization talks about his development, and how much stronger he is, and and just all the progress he's made. So run with the guy right now and just give Steve Mason some time to breathe here and and figure it out. I mean, the pressure that most guys put on themselves to play well when they change cities is enormous. And in particular, if it goes awful like it has for him, he's going to need some time to just work on his game and practice and, and not worry about, oh, boy, if I go out there this time, uh, what bad is going to happen now? I mean, it's kind of like Carey Price and what the Canadians are going through. It's like same sort of thing. They're waiting for bad to happen, and that's just a ter- terrible way to enter a game. You have to be clear-minded like we're talking about Dar- Darnell Nurse, and so uh, I have no idea why they've chosen to do this. I, I think that I would run with Hellebuck until – um, there's a, a sign maybe that he's not quite as sharp, and then I'd get Mason in there and I'd maybe work him for a couple games in a row to see if I can't sort of spur something. You know, I think all of us that have played have been in that situation. I, I recall my uh, first year in San Jose, I got off to a horrific start, and luckily for us, Chris Terreri was playing really well until he broke his uh, thumb in St. Louis, and I was forced to play a stretch of, I think, 12 or 14, and luckily for me, I was able to uh, find it. I was able to somehow dig deep and, and will it to happen. But that's sort of the situation Mason, Mason is in. Don't put him in there until you know you really, really have to find him or you really need him. But right now, that's not the time for me. Yeah, and that's interesting you say that because that's been a theme with guys changing teams. You know, New Oilers over the last couple of years. You know, Secura didn't start off great. Talbot had some early struggles. Uh, Lucic last year. I mean, the, the, of the high-profile Oilers additions, 
since Shirelli and McClellan came in, I think I think the only guy that really came in and was the player that he is right off the start was probably Adam Larson. Now, I don't know if that's just because of Larson's personality or or the role he plays, but yeah, often and, and you know even Ryan Strom this year, I think we're still hoping for a little more uh, more from him. Yeah. So, the, so that it is interesting. That pressure guys put on themselves is very real. Oh yeah, and you know what? All you have to do is look at their face. I mean, you look at the guys and. Boy, they're they're like they're they're not laughing, they're not smiling. They your their eyes tell you everything about what they're feeling. And I remember when it was going really poorly for Sven Berchi in Calgary, and he was he was being uh, wasn't dressing and all that kind of stuff. And I saw him one morning, and I believe it was in Washington after the morning skate. And I'm walking down the hall, and he's coming towards me. And I could think, the only thing I could think of, oh, that poor guy, because he, he had his head down, he looked embarrassed, it just body language told me everything. And the point I'm trying to make there is when you look at a guy that moves to a different city and he wants to be a star and it's not going well, they look almost ashamed. And and you you got to fight so hard to get out of that, but you need something good to happen. It doesn't just happen. And so... You're, you're hoping that your next shift or your next game is that, that spark that you need because sometimes that's all it takes. You just need one moment. Kelly, it's always great to have you on the show. So cool you're coming to Edmonton. So Audrey's book, 7 p.m. Monday night. People can go meet you, get the book signed, uh, maybe get a photo or two if they if they want a photo of you. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and my crayon yes and bring some crayons and it'll be all great uh well we'll find time to have you on the show next week i know it's going to be a busy one for you but thanks for checking in buddy okay thanks pal see ya great stuff that's kelly rudy by the way can somebody please do that because i'll be uh, i'll be working monday at 7 p.m if you go to audrey's books to meet kelly and get him to sign your book somebody ask him to do it in crayon I'm sure he would get a laugh out of that. 648 Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Also, I want to let you know the undefeated U of A Golden Bears hockey team visiting Regina tonight, tomorrow at 1 the Alberta Golden Bears football team visiting Calgary. The Bears with a chance to make the Canada West playoffs. If Saskatchewan loses to Manitoba, the Bears are in. Even if the Bears lose to Calgary. If Saskatchewan wins and the Bears lose, obviously Saskatchewan is in. If both teams win, it's going to come down to points for and against for the entire season and Saskatchewan would likely have that edge. The season series between Saskatchewan and the Bears, I don't know if you if you were working the other night when we were talking about this, Patrick, they went 1-1 one and one against each other. Each team won by 26 points, huh. and the Bears missed a short field goal in the last minute on Saturday that would have given them the season series outright. So anyway, uh, now Manitoba only has one win. Saskatchewan and the Bears have two. But it, Saskatchewan's not playing well, so there is a chance Manitoba could beat the Huskies and the Bears would get in. Uh, I don't think there's a very good chance. Unfortunately, the Golden Bears are going to beat the Dinos 
the Dinos are 7-0. and And as anybody who's followed the uh, U Sports football knows, the Dinos have had the Bears number for several, several seasons. But anyway, something else to keep an eye on tomorrow as we head into a busy sports weekend. Uh, inside Sports on 630 Chad. You can call 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. A reminder that some guests on the show receive gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Enjoy a cold craft beer or a great glass of bourbon with modern soul food and other tasty treats at Northern Chicken, 10704 124th Street. Great spot. They have takeout as well. They got some very, very tasty chicken. So... Uh, we got the Oilers uh, coming up tomorrow at 8, Eskimos against the Stampeders at 5. Hey, I want to remind you as well, if you are going to the Eskimos game, we encourage you to bring a donation for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, either a, a toy, a new unwrapped toy. Generally, we're talking kids 12 and under. You can also donate cash. We're trying this Christmas to make uh, a great Christmas for 25,000 less fortunate children. And uh, look, I know I was joking on the afternoon news about season starting early, uh, but it is not too early to think about 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Lana Nordland, our executive director, was on the show the other night. She works so hard all year long, and uh, especially now, things are really ramping up. So uh, a chance for you to get, uh, if you wanted to donate, a chance for you to get an early start on it or, or get something on your Christmas list ticked off early for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. And don't forget to check out santasanonymous.ca as well and the drop-off locations uh, in the malls and, and, and here at Chet and all around the city. Those are going to get going in November. And also at, at the Eskimos game, if a Battle of Alberta game with 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous already wasn't enough to pique your interest, Bob Layton's doing the coin flip. Pat, but you almost fell out of your chair, Patrick Power. I keep forgetting that. And, it and just, I, you already knew about I it. And just hearing it. it again overwhelmed you. With what? Joy? Awe? All of the above? All of those emotions, plus <laughs> a few other ones I don't want to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Layton has that effect on people. <laughs> anyway, I, I actually saw Bob, and as I, I don't think Bob has any idea. Sometimes I, I do impressions on this show. Because like I said, I'm not sure he, he's aware that there's programming after 6 o'clock in the evening on Jet. But I saw him, and I was like, Bob, you, you ready for the coin flip? And he's just like, I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. I have to practice. It is pretty daunting because you think, I mean, what if you accidentally, instead of flipping it, you just kind of saucered it and it just sort of fluttered and like didn't spin over. It just landed the same way you had it. Or what if he flips it right into the ref's eye and then he can't call the game? (laughs) Worst case Ontario, right? You got got quite an imagination. (laughs) We'll uh, preview the Esks and Stamps with Morley Scott. Keep you updated on the NHL. Vegas wins again. They're on fire. And former Toronto Raptor Morris Peterson. He's in Edmonton. All coming up. 